second hour of the Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Packers back on the practice field today. And uh, the big question is, now that we uh, have not seen the starters, now that we have not seen the starters uh, at all, uh, basically in the preseason, now we are, uh, you know, watching them all come together and hopefully the outcome is better than what we witnessed last year uh, against the New Orleans Saints down in Jacksonville. Joining us on the hotline, our buddy Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated joining us. Bill, how you doing? I'm great. How about you? Well, I'm good. I'm itching for uh, regular football, I'll tell you that, uh, getting out of this preseason. So I I guess the first question is, what are you looking for this weekend? Because I said, look, I'm looking obviously to see some kind of a rhythm offensively. The the starting tackles, will they be there? The the wideouts we've talked so much about. And then on top of that, uh, special teams to be better. But those are my probably top three things. How about you? Yeah, I think. I mean, clearly, I think you're right about the offensive tackles. Um, that's that's first and foremost. You know, people can downplay Zadarius Smith's um, departure from here all they want, but the guy did have 26 sacks the previous two seasons. He's a hell of a player. So if you've got Zadarius Smith on one end and Daniel Hunter who had back-to-back seasons of 14 and a half sacks before a couple injuries, that is two big-time pass rushers. Will Bakhtiari play? Will Jenkins play? Will they both play? I think it's a that's a huge deal. Those guys playing and. You know, obviously, everyone knows the state of Green Bay's receiver core. Um, the more time you give Rodgers time to uh, get, get one of those guys open, the better off you're going to be to state the obvious. So I think that is the number one storyline is Jenkins and Bakhtiari. So the uh, now what about Alan Lazard? Because I know Lazard was, uh, you know, not at practice last week or not practicing last week, and there was a question about what was going on with him. We'll find out the official injury report today going into the weekend. But give me your thoughts on Lazard. Yeah, I, I got nothing for you, Bill. Um, we're all waiting like you are. Um, <laughs> the other day he said he was getting a veteran's rest day. And like, we're like, really? I mean, he just, he just had like four days off. So um, he's pretty mum about it. I don't, LaFleur, I don't think, seemed like super pessimistic about it. And he I mean, he was moving around okay when he was out on, on the field, just kind of catching some passes. So um, I, I'm i going to guess it's not a big concern, but we'll, we'll find out. I mean, He's had a problem staying healthy over the years, right? I mean, the, the couple mm-hmm. years where he's been a big part of things, he's missed some time, and Cobb has missed time, and Watkins has missed time. So, yeah, I think that is a something to watch for sure because at some point those receivers or those rookies are going to have to play is at some time Sunday. What's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, uh, even though we know this defense is upgraded, I was just reading some of the you know the stuff from Peter King and his predictions for the season of the Packers' defense being top five. You talk about getting a test with Thielen and Jefferson and, and Dalvin Cook, obviously, early on. Kirk Cousins, who had a hell of a season going last year before, uh, you know, the defense kind of gave up some of their wins and some of his, uh, you know, steam in the sails, so to speak. But this is a hell of a test for this defense right out of the chute. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm buying. I, I, am, I am all in on these guys being great. Now, that being said, I, mean, I did write a, a story yesterday about three reasons why they might not be great. And. I mean, look at the end of last year. They were terrible, right? I mean, people can look at that 49ers game, and that is obviously the lasting impression, but the last seven regular season games, they were among the worst defenses in football last year. Now, there's no reason why they should be that this year. These these guys are loaded. They're healthy. You know, they, they've added pieces rather than losing pieces, but it'll be something. Um, I think Quay Walker, and we've talked about this before, Bill, he's he's a real X factor. These guys have run more dime defense than any team in the league over the last couple years. 
Well, with Quay Walker, they don't have to do that anymore, and they, and they barely did any of it in training camp. This isn't like rocket science here. It's easier to stop the run with two 240-pound linebackers rather than just one, right? So I think the addition of Quay Walker helps you stop the run because you can still play a pass defense with those guys. And if you can get the Vikings into third and longs, you certainly prefer Rush, Rashawn, Gary, and Preston Smith over their offensive tackles. So I like uh, what, what the Packers have done defensively. I, I think, obviously, there's still some depth issues there. But what kind of a – do you think this team plays a, a ton of nickels we've seen in the past, or do you think that they're good enough just to say, hey, bring it, line up our base defense, and we can get after you? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's kind of matchup based. I mean, if you're going to go – if the Vikings line up with three receivers, who guards the third receiver, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the does. So I, if you're playing your best 11 – Playing nickels where Sue Douglas is your best bet, and then you just go with Kenny Clark and Clark and Reed or Clark and Lowry or however you want to shake that out. But um, the more you can get Rasul Douglas on the field, the better off you are. So I will. I look. It's a it's a nickel league. Right? I mean, it's you know every time teams change coaches, it's what are you going to run three four or four three? It's like who cares, right? It's everyone's going to run nickel, and um, you can't tell me that Stokes, Alexander, and Rasul Douglas is not your best combination. Uh, no, I would agree with that. Uh, I, I also look at this uh, defense going up against this offense in a hostile environment because I, I, I don't, you know, we haven't made official picks, but I've said all along, I think the Packers with uh, kind of a new look offensive core, if you will, because they're not going to be dependent solely upon Devontae Adams, a defense that's going to be still kind of finding itself a little bit with some of the young depth, but also you got a guy like Jerron Reed and the guys up front. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I picked the Packers to lose only for the fact that Minnesota, with a new head coach, they played well last year. They addressed some of the problems in the offseason. This is kind of like they're super. They're, they're not behind the Packers right now in the division. The fans are geeked up for this thing. I think it's going to be an incredibly hostile environment and a great opener for Kevin O'Connell and, unfortunately, for the Green Bay Packers. Do you get that sense? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's a, it, it'll be, I mean, the environment's going to be awesome. I mean, it, it always is there, right? I mean, it's going to be, you know, two-thirds Vikings fan and one-third Packer fans. It'll be It'll be loud throughout. Look, I, I, yeah, I'm sure the Vikings will be jazzed to, to play for O'Connell, but, you know, Green Bay starters haven't played either. And, and this defense, they know they're good. It's like I've never seen what I saw in a practice field. And as, as in defensive guys just outright talking trash at the offense, Rashawn Gary jumping up and down in the face of Aaron Rodgers, this is stuff I've never seen before. I mean, maybe my memory's going to be foggy from, from 2010 when Woodson was out there, but mm-hmm. I mean, you get my point. These guys know that they're really damn good. And offensively, I think Rodgers and those guys have, think they have something to prove. I mean, we, um, to generalize here, we all think they're not very good, right? <laughs> if you don't have Devontae right. Adams you, and you look at the receiver core, I mean, it's, it's not good. I think they have something to prove. I think LaFleur will – I mean, they, they, they did go something to know without Adams, so I think they'll have a pretty good plan for Minnesota. We'll see if it's sustainable over the long haul. Uh, I think Green Bay wins because I, I, think, I think Green Bay's defensive front is so much better than Minnesota's offensive line. But we'll see. I mean, huh. this is – it's a coin flip game for sure. Talking with Bill Huber, at Bill Huber SI over on Twitter uh, covering the Green Bay Packers. Special teams-wise, we never got a chance in the preseason to really see the depth that this special teams unit is going to have. Also, obviously, there's a question mark regarding Mason Crosby. We haven't seen a lot of him, nothing in the preseason, and haven't seen a lot of him really outside at all. So special teams-wise, I think we're all maybe looking over that fence with a lot of skepticism, would you say? I think a lot of people are. I'm not. Um, you, you got. I might get the years wrong in this here. Q 
Deshaun Nixon led the Raiders in special teams tackles in 2019. Um, Rudy Ford led the Eagles in 2020. And Dolan Levitt led the Raiders in 2021. So you've got three guys who are proven players um, out there. I think they're going to be better. I, I, I think nothing that happened the preseason is relevant in the least. I mean, even, even like the number one, I think it was the number one kickoff return in the preseason. It had three guys from the real number one kickoff return, right? I mean, what you saw in the preseason was totally irrelevant. You know, the 10 and 12 guys on the field stuff is annoying, sure. But again, if you call number one kickoff return, there's, there's some confusion because the number one kickoff return on the practice field is different than the real one. So um, I think it'll be really good, or they'll be greatly improved, I should say. I get the skepticism. Um, I don't share it. You know, just because they've sucked in past years doesn't mean they're going to suck again. And they got a, they got a proven coordinator. they got a bunch of veteran guys out there. They're going to play some starters. Amari Rogers, for as much grief as that guy took, understandably so, on fielding the ball. I thought down the stretch last year he was pretty good at actually catching the ball. We've seen him have a couple explosives in, in during the preseason. Um, they're going to be much better. The uh, the offense with Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peter King seems to think Rodgers has something to prove. Life after Devontae sure. Adams. Does Rod, you know, and, and I know Rodgers is the complicated fella. I get all of that. But do you think he's got that again this year, a different chip on his shoulder? Yeah. And why wouldn't he? Um, I mean, no one's expecting him to do much this year because of the receivers. It's interesting. You know, one of the sports books had his over-under for passing yards at like 4,200 to start. It was like decreased four times because like everybody was betting the under on it. And the sports books are like, crap, we've got to keep lowering this thing. So the expectations are, are very minimal. Um, I think he's heard everybody talking about it's a defensive team and they're going to lean into running backs. Um, quarterbacks are the rising tide of lipsaw boats. Right? It's, it's why those guys get paid $40, 50000000 million a year because they're supposed to win with whatever they got. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to prove um, that he's <laughs> – I can't believe what it is – that he's not just kind of a byproduct of Devontae Adams to some extent, that he can go win with whoever you've put out there with him. Like, you know, kind of like Tom Brady did for some of those years with the Patriots, that um, there's a bunch of no-names of receiver, and it made no difference at all because he's just too good. Who do you think emerges uh, when it comes to the wide receiving core? Is it Romeo Dobbs? Does he become all of a sudden that guy, uh, or is there this uh, large amount of faith in Alan Lazard and what he can do? But who becomes, do you feel, the go-to guy? <laughs> That's a great question. I have no idea, Bill. Rodgers has talked to Lazard. Lazard didn't do much during camp. You know, he, the, the DBs are really good, and the pass rushers in his face. I have no idea. It's so hard to judge because Green Bay's corners are so good. What's it going to look like against the Vikings when the Vikings don't have anybody like that? I mean, Patrick Peterson is five years from being great. You know, Chan and Sullivan's their, their nickel. Um I couldn't even tell you who the other starter is right now. I haven't gotten that far into my Vikings prep. <laughs> it's going to be – it's different than what we've seen. Um, I remember Rodgers talking on Wednesday about how Cobb was on a roll, and that's true. Cobb had a couple of big days, big days against the Saints, and Watkins had a couple of big days, but I'm, I'm not buying any of those guys. Shoot, I don't know. It might be, it might be player of the week, Bill. Is Maybe Lazard is the 100-yard guy one week, and maybe it's Tunyon. You know, maybe it's the rookies the next week. It could just be – yeah, kind of receiver du jour out there, but I, I, I find it hard to believe it's going to be 80 catch for a thousand yards kind of guy. I just think it's going to be mix and match based on the matchups and hot hands and stuff like that. 
You bring up a good point, Tanyan, and, uh, you know, I know he's uh, on a fast track to come back. I think he's going to become an incredibly important piece, uh, maybe not so much just in the possession aspect of things and moving the sticks, but I think he maybe emerges into that Bubba Franks type of guy. If you remember back when Bubba Franks was catching touchdown passes from Brett Favre, he wasn't doing a lot between the 20s, but when he got inside the red zone, he was the guy. I, I think Tanyan could become that guy. Do you? Yeah, maybe even more than that, too. I mean, gosh, was in 2020, he had, I think he caught 52 out of 59 passes. I mean, he had more touchdowns than incomplete targets. It was amazing. He's just got such a feel. It's like he was always open in 2020. Um, he's a really good route runner. He just has this really good feel for things. And, yeah, I'd be surprised if he's not up there on 60 catches by when all is said and done. He's, he's a really good football player. I mean, he's not like a super fast guy, but he's, he's one of those fast enough kind of guys. To keep defenses honest, yeah, he's going to have a, a big say in this thing. I know in the uh, in, in training camp there was some mix and match when it came to the running back position. Even at times, running both guys, having one guy be the running back, another guy then in motion splitting out. Do we see a lot more of that formation, a lot more of that motion, that misdirection, if you will, because you may have to scheme for some guys to get open as opposed to just throwing it to Devontae Adams, you know? Yeah, and there's no question. And Rodgers said that a bunch of times, too, that they're going to play their best 11. It's hard not to see a best 11. It's not Dylan and Jones out there. Um, and it, it helps that, you know, Jones is a perennial 50 catches a season kind of guy, and Dylan caught 34 to 37 last year. These are these are really good receivers. And, well, maybe Dylan is more of the check down slash screen kind of guy. Jones can go out and play slot for you and, and be effective in that sense. So, um I bet they go. I bet those guys combined have 120 catches when the, when the season's over. You know, remember remember Camaro would have those 80 catch years for the Saints. I mean, why mm-hmm. why wouldn't Jones have 80 this year? I remember though those those practices against the Saints. Um, yeah, it, it just looked like that he was Rodgers' number one read at times. That he's going to get the ball at 33 because he has a he's a knack to getting open. Then he can make something happen afterward. How much, uh, now that we uh, get a little bit of a glimpse into the interview with Zadarius Smith? Um, he says, hey, you know, he, they treated him bad. They didn't ask him how his back was doing. They didn't want to see how he, how he was coming along. Uh, he said he, wanted, he signed with the Vikings so he could go back and play the Vikings twice a year. Now, in that, that interview that he had uh, in Minnesota with the media, he didn't really want to, you know, throw too many barbs in the Packers' direction. But it certainly seems like he's got a fire in his belly because he feels like, hey, I still have good football left in me, and you gave up on me. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, that's just human nature, right? I mean, if, if someone doesn't want you anymore, yeah, you're going to be ticked off that up. I, you know, I'm yeah. sure he'll have a really good game. I mean, there's there's no reason for him not to. Um, he's a hell of a good football player. Um, I, I realize that run defense is kind of an, a, an annoying thing for him at times. It wasn't his, wasn't what he wanted to do, um, but he's a good player. And the rest of that stuff, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how many how many times a week can you ask a guy how his, how his back is, right? I mean, at some point, right. you, just, you, know, you just let the guy be. Um, I will say the Packers didn't vote him captain last year. They voted for three defensive captains, and he wasn't one of them. So right. um, I have no idea um, the why behind that, but it is what it is, right? Time moves on. Nope. Um, it, it's it's yeah. sports, right? Yep. No, I, hey, everybody's got a chip on their shoulder for some reason or another. Yeah. So uh, Zedaria Smith is just another one in a long list of guys. But, uh, Bill, we enjoyed it as always. We'll talk to you again soon, okay? All right. Have a good one. Take care. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. There you go, Bill Huber uh, joining us on the line uh, from SI. Uh, and uh, he kind of gives us the lowdown on what he thinks the Green Bay Packers may or may not be doing 
this coming weekend. He seems to have a lot of faith in the uh, wide receiving core, though, to just say, hey, it's just going to be a work in progress. They're going to spread it around. It's not really going to become uh, detrimental. It's just a matter of who is going to emerge. And then, obviously, the interview with Tyler Dunn, who we have on the program today, uh, of Go Long. Uh, he said that uh, Zedaria Smith very upset how he was uh, treated in Green Bay at the end, specifically signed with the Vikings so he can extract revenge on the Green Bay Packers twice a year. He said, walking past me, not saying anything, like, Z, how's your back doing? There was none of that. Smith said uh, in his interview with Pro Football Talk as well, as you can see, uh, that adds on to why I'm on the other side. So I can go back there. I get to wear, go back two times a year. I put my back on the effing line. I put in everything. And that that year three, I was treated bad. That's why I'm here now, so I can play them twice a year from Zedaria Smith. So we'll see how he ends up getting his revenge, if at all, coming up in the game, coming up this Sunday. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. a terrific place in Waukesha. If you're in the Waukesha area, west of Milwaukee, you're looking for some uh, good Italian food, family food. That's our friends over there at Albanese's, where uh, I believe the fall version of bocce ball is getting ready to get underway. I did not see them out there a couple of weeks ago, and I was kind of concerned, and then I realized that the uh, bocce ball league had ended. So they are now taking uh, team signups for fall ball, if you will, the bocce ball league. But uh, in addition to that, uh, fun place to go, just to get uh, some good, really good food, a couple of beverages, sit in the uh, sports bar, watch uh, a Packers game, or any other game for that matter. Good friends over there at uh, Albanese's. Albanese's Roadhouse on Blue Mountain Road next to Menards, right there on uh, <laughs> across from Home Depot on Blue Mountain Road. Good stuff. 877 uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Sixteen seventy. You want to find us? Uh, feel free to go ahead and give us a shout. Uh, we certainly appreciate it, as always, uh, in many different facets. You can always find us uh, also on uh, Instagram, uh, the real Bill Michaels. You can find us on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels or the email, thebillmichaels at gmail dot com. Which, uh, by the way, uh, a couple of the uh, not so much uh, an email here, but uh, the week one lines. Um. The uh, NFL Week 1, uh, you got uh, the Thursday night game. Thursday night game is a good one. Buffalo and uh, the Rams. And uh, Buffalo in Los Angeles, uh, which that's not a bad way to kick off the season. The game opened with Buffalo uh, given a point, and the total is somewhat unchanged, but it's two and a half now. In the meantime, coming up on Sunday, Baltimore – Favorite over the Jets. New Orleans favorite over the Falcons. Patriots coming in as the underdogs on the road against Miami. I'll tell you what, you talk about a crap show. Ben, have you been following the saga in New England at all? Oh, yeah. Anything going on with the question about whether or not uh, they were going to have an offensive coordinator? And Bill Belichick won't tell anybody anything. Yeah. It's like really weird, man. 
So when I was on vacation, I was out in Vermont, and my whole family is from Boston, huge Patriot fans, and they were trying to explain it to me. I just cannot fathom having Matt Patricia there, where if he's going to be your OC, why is why do you bring him back? Didn't we learn right? with him in Detroit that it probably won't work? Right? It just never made sense. And and let's be honest, he wasn't that good calling plays. He was more defensive-minded guy. I, I guess just Bill Belichick thinks he can do everything. And you know what? I'll give him credit. You know, and the reason why is because I didn't think Mac Jones would be much of anything. And then Mac Jones turned out to be a pretty good quarterback last year. You know, he did, he had a pretty good season. He really opened some eyes down the stretch when they started winning ball games. Now, certainly when they needed him most, he kind of fell by the wayside. But for the most part, Mac Jones had a pretty good season. I I was impressed the way that all, it kind of all came together. So now we'll see. If, and maybe Bill Belichick got somewhat of a, uh, I don't know how he can get an inflated ego. The guy's got rings coming out of his pants pockets. But maybe he got a little bit of an inflated ego out of that and just thinks he doesn't need anybody. He can do everything himself. Isn't that what that this year feels like? Kind of his tour of, okay, I did it with Brady. You guys gave him credit. Now I'm going to defy every right? piece of conventional wisdom and do it all backwards to show you that I'm still the best. Right. Well, didn't last year show you that Bill Belichick has it? Kind of. You know, I mean, it, it kind of did. It, it validated him because he took a team that was not supposed to be that good with a new quarterback who was thought of as being, you know, okay, and made him relevant. I thought it was, you know, out of everything he's ever done, I thought maybe last year might have been one of his best coaching performances because he wasn't supposed to do anything last year, and he did. And so I thought that was tremendous. This year, it's like he's – it's almost like he's wrapping his arms around the organization like a little kid grabbing it and pulling it away, going, no, it's mine. And and just telling everybody, leave me alone. I'll be fine without you. I don't need anybody. It, it's just, it's I don't know, it's just weird. But, uh, but yeah, you talk about a saga. Hmm, man. The uh, the Patriots. Uh, we'll see how, how that all turns out. Meanwhile, you got Cleveland and Carolina. Carolina. Uh, now, Carolina is two-point favorites. You talk about an interesting game because Baker Mayfield, the uh, uh, revenge game. Do you think Cleveland takes a loss in their opener with a decent defense, an okay offense, weird quarterback situation, obviously, against Baker Mayfield, who is out to extract all kinds of ass revenge on the Cleveland Browns? That's going to be an interesting game. Pittsburgh opening up with Mitch Trubisky in Cincinnati. Six, Cincinnati six-and-a-half-point favorites there. San Francisco, seven-point favorites on the road in Chicago. Your Philadelphia Eagles, only four-point favorites against the Detroit Lions going into Detroit. How are you feeling about that game? What's your strength there, Ben? That's a sneaky, tough one. Well, they've become my Detroit Lions after watching Hard Knocks, uh, my adopted little brother You like team. them that much? Oh, yeah. I, I just want to root for them. They have a lot of likable guys. But it's a scary game, honestly. And the Eagles' whole mantra, I feel like, is similar to the Packers, where when all the national people are all over them and think they're going to be great, that's usually when it goes wrong. So for some reason, everybody in the national media is picking the Eagles to go to the playoffs, some even to the Super Bowl. 
And everyone there is sitting back being like, hold on, hold on. Like this team still is limited at quarterback and didn't win a playoff game last year. With everything that's gone on this offseason, the Washington Commanders are three-point favorites over Jacksonville. I find that rather interesting. Good matchup of coaches, though, Doug Peterson and Ron Rivera. But I find that rather rather interesting. Trevor Lawrence needs to come out and prove to the world that he was worth that pick. Uh, meanwhile, the Colts, uh, eight-point favorites over the Houston Texans, Kansas City, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Arizona. Kyler Murray got paid. They gave him his gauge. The over and under is 53 and a half. And the game opened with 50, uh, with Kansas City being uh, three-point favorites. And uh, it's grown a little bit since then. The Packers, oddly enough, are favored on the road against Minnesota. I, 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 okay. Uh, which means they'd be favored by, what, four at home. But uh, that's that's an interesting pick. Uh, the Raiders taking on the Chargers. Raiders are three-point underdogs in that game. On the road, even with Devontae Adams and this newly revamped team, they're underdogs. Uh, you got the Giants in Tennessee, uh, the Titans, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Tampa Bay on the road in Dallas. Could that be the first nail in the coffin for Mike McCarthy this season? as Tampa Bay comes in at two-point favorites, and then the Monday night game, the Denver Broncos, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Don't think this scheduling uh, result happened by accident. Taking on with Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Denver coming in at six-and-a-half-point favorites. Speaking of Dallas, Bill, did you see what Jerry Jones said yesterday? Uh, No. And I quote, I wasn't able to find the audio. The exact quote is, well, let me just address the first way you stated the question without any issue. But I have to believe that one plus one is three. I can't operate where one plus one is two. And he goes on to blabber on about crap for another five minutes. What? What? Read that again. Uh, The whole quote is quite extensive, but he pretty much says, I have to believe that one plus one is three. I can't operate where one plus one is two. Now, we all know it is physically, but the three is where you have to go. Now you have the optimism to operate out in that world and commit and do things uh, when you count on one and one being three instead of two. What the hell is he talking about? (laughs) He's trying to talk about optimism where instead of it being the normal Cowboys, we have to, you know, expect more. But the delivery was quite poor. Yeah, that that that'll that'll make people question your competency. That's that's bananas right there. Jerry How old is Jerry now? He's getting up there. Jerry's always been uh, kind of looked like Jerry and now 79. You can start to see I was going to say he's he's getting up there. Now Jerry is starting to show a little bit of age. Speaking of starting to show a little bit older. Speaking of having right. work done in the past, uh, there also is big rumblings around the NFL world that Tom Brady and Giselle are on horrible terms and are not currently, you know, physically together. Um, I wonder why. We all assumed that was part of the issue when he said he took some time off. I gotta wonder if. Um, 
if she did not want him to play. And he wanted to play. Like the competitive juice, you know, it, it's interesting. There was a there was a conversation I had one time, and it talked about greats. And it's not until you physically realize you just can't play anymore or somebody rips the ball out of your hand that you walk away. And Brady, coming off of a year in which he threw for more than 5,000 yards, he still was competitive. He still looked really good. But after 23 seasons in the NFL, I got to wonder if she's saying, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's saying, I still want to play. And so, again, he basically leaves for, you know, the six, seven-month period and says, I'm off to play football. I I got it because I know that that whole thing came with he wanted to retire after talking it over with his family. He didn't say, I feel like I can't play anymore. He said, I, I, after talking it over with my family, because I went back and listened to that. And I thought to myself, I wonder if she said enough, you're done. And then he said, I can't give it up. I got to go back. And then she said, you go back. That's it. So he took a little time off during training camp to try to smooth things over. But I, I mean, I don't know. I'm only speculating here, but, uh, I just, you just kind of wonder. When they said, when he said it, I, after talking it over with my family, which we all know is the wife, I just got to wonder if uh, she just said enough. So I don't know. Wait and see. I'm uh, going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up this portion of the program. If you're looking for hockey action as the fall begins to creep in, our friends of the Milwaukee Admirals remind you good hockey action on the horizon for the 2022 23 season. If you're looking for tickets, group outings, fun nights, promotional nights, that's the Admirals. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Tonight, tonight, uh, there was a uh, song by Phil Collins called that. Uh, but tonight, in our world, uh, the Bill Michaels Huddle is back. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We are in Kenosha. We're at Mason's Pub in Kenosha this uh, this evening. Six to eight on many of these same stations. We're going to kind of have guests all throughout. And uh, we will uh, discuss what is discussed today in Green Bay. Ben, Kenny, produce. Ben, you're producing tonight, right? Uh, to be determined. We are in oh, the training really? process for some of the Wednesday and Sunday festivities. Okay, there you go. So we will uh, we will be TBD. But that being said, tonight we are going to be on the road. We're going to be in Mason's Pub and uh, going to be down there in Kenosha. So uh, for those of you in Kenosha, we haven't been down there in a while. Looking forward to that. Uh, a little bit of a trek, but uh, can't wait. I'm not, I don't think I've ever been to Mason's Pub either, so I'm looking forward to it. Always love new places. So we'll be down there this evening, the Bill Michaels Huddle, back at it, 6 to 8 tonight, Mason's Pub in Kenosha. Good stuff. Um, so uh, the uh, – oh, by the way, this was from Art who said, uh, see you at Mason's Pub tonight. I got a bet for you. Can't wait to see you tonight. See you there. So Mason's Pub in Kenosha. Um. 
the uh, uh, Pat McAfee's joining. Is this permanent, or is this just, uh, or is this just part of, with Pat McAfee going to the ESPN College Game Day? Uh, no, full time member. I wonder how much they're paying him for that. Kind of crazy. But Pat McAfee has built a brand, man, big time. Built a brand. Um, a caller said, what about Brady returning not to share the stage with Big Ben? Um, nah. Brady, when Brady retires, Brady, re- uh, it would be quite, kind of like, um, hell, I don't know. I don't even know how to put it. It, Brady is the show. Big Ben would not want to retire to share the stage with Brady, not vice versa, because Brady would be the show. You know what I mean? Brady's the man. Most decorated, winningest, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's Brady would be the show. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I often wondered, you know, would let's say, you know, Brady retires next year, then because Rogers, I don't think want to share wants to share the stage with Brady as much as he likes and respect respects Brady. I think even Rogers would say, "Nah, I want to go in, you know, kind of on my own, not with Brady alongside," because again, he would he would own it. He would own that stage. But I can't imagine Brady backing down from from retiring because of that. Uh, 877-867-1670, if you want to find us, do it. This one's from uh, Jason, who says that uh, he believes Alan Lazard is going to be the primary for Aaron Rodgers, but Rodgers is going to have to adapt because Lazard is going to get injured throughout the season. He is not able to stay healthy consistently, much like Randall Cobb, so somebody else is going to have to be the counterpart. I think Romeo Dobbs is the most likely candidate, although Christian Watson certainly showed some promise and flashes later on in camp. What about Samari Torre? Does he get many snaps? I The other guy you're leaving out is Amari Rogers. You know, Amari Rogers, the way they've used him in both wide receiving capabilities, slot capabilities, and then, because he's more slot than he is a wide out, uh, and then kind of like the Debo Samuel, where they've got him in the backfield, they've got him you know, running wheel routes, end arounds, things like that, then, I, you know, what about Amari Rodgers? The bottom line is this. There's only so many snaps and so many balls to go around. Um, and, and the other guy you you failed to mention 100% is Sammy Watkins. And, again, another guy. Between Lazard, Watkins, and Cobb, you got a lot of injuries that normally plague these three guys that happen right there, which would leave you then with a, another front line of wide receivers of Dubs, Watson, Amari, Rodgers, and if you want to throw Torrey into the mix, okay. But, you know, you 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 are really – that probably more than anything is what could derail the Green Bay Packers is is not maybe the, the ability of guys to catch the football or to get open, but more so the guys that consistently get hurt. When you start stacking guys – that are injury-plagued, we'll say. I don't want to say injury-prone. I, th- I think that's an erroneous statement because if a guy rolls up on your knee, that's nothing you did or nothing your body gave out on. It just is what it is. 
But when things happen and guys tend to be in the wrong place at the wrong time or just get injured, I don't want to say prone, but, yeah, you're stacking the your relative success on guys that can't stay healthy or haven't stayed healthy in the past. So I, I would agree with you there. Uh, this one's from Don. Don says, uh, hey, Unit, are you going to be in Green Bay a week from Sunday? We're all heading up for a big Packer tailgate party. Boo the Bears. Uh, we'll be there. Mike Clemens will be there. I'll be there. We'll have the whole Green Eagle postgame show. We got a new location this year, an undisclosed location. We're actually in a house a block away from Lambeau Field. We have been uh, we have been given a house to do the postgame show. I'm excited about that. Uh, I think it needs a bit of an internet upgrade, but uh, but I, I we are in a, in, a, in a house, and I'm excited because it's it's down the street. It's a a quick jaunt, if you will. Get there early, set up the equipment, throw the backpack over the shoulder, walk in, turn it on, you're good to go. Love it. Stones throw away from our guy Mike Clemens, who's going to be inside the bowels of Lambeau Field, just like years past. The Green and Gold postgame show, we will be airing live from the Ewing Hotel in Minneapolis this Sunday. Mike inside the bowels of U.S. Bank Stadium. I will be on display like a monkey flinging feces uh, inside the front conference center. That is the Ewing Hotel, beautiful hotel. We were up there earlier this year and did the show right across from, I think it's the strip, what was it, uh, was it Deja Vu, the strip club? The Gentleman's Club, as we'll say, Ben. Wasn't that the name of the place, if you remember? Oh, I wouldn't remember. I thought you would. I think that was the name of it. I know it was a big pink awning, but that's where we're going to be. Well, you can go in to see if anything's changed in the last couple months. Nah, nah. Not go, not go, not going to the club. Actually, uh, an odd note: Mike is going up. I think on Friday, Friday night, and if not sooner, I'm not leaving until early Sunday morning because the game is later on in the afternoon. Uh, so I'm leaving here about four thirty-five in the morning on Sunday morning to go up because I got some uh, I got some business I got to take care of here in Milwaukee, but. But, yeah, I'm going up early on uh, Sunday morning. Regardless, we're going to be there. And then Sunday night after the after the show, heading over to Chippewa Falls, into the Eau Claire area, and then from there to La Crosse and from there to Tomahawk. And I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Then that's really our last big trip because I'll be on the road, I think, eight days because I had to pay the house sitter for nine days. Um. So, yeah. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are getting ready to face the Vikings Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. Green Bay lost a close one there last November, 34-31 on a walk-off field goal. Were the Vikings the better team that day? Packers inside linebacker Devondre Campbell. No, they just played better than we did that day. It happens. It's the NFL, you know. Like, sometimes you just get out get outplayed. The Packers drafted Quay Walker in the first round. They signed Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander to new contracts in the second. Campbell was asked if the Packers' defense comes in a little bit overhyped. I mean, there's not really much hype. We just got to go out and do what we do. We know how good we can be, but it doesn't matter 
about he say, she say. We just got to go out and show it. The Vikings return with weapons like Delvin Cook and wide receiver Justin Jefferson, Minnesota's Adam Thielen on the NFL Network on what they see from Green Bay's defense. They have guys on the outside that are aggressive. Um, They have a lot of guys mixing in that they kind of keep them um, fresh and healthy. They have some veterans, too, that that, uh, have played a lot of football, so they understand the game. They understand um, route concepts, things like that. So um, they they have a lot of guys that have a lot of experience in this league, and and it's going to be a a good challenge for us. So we're excited about that. Um, We know that it's going to be – there's no easy games in this league, and especially when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and, and obviously, like you said, a new and improved defense. That's Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Center reminding you they can help you out, all but guaranteeing the fact that they can help you out uh, with ED erectile dysfunction. They can uh, got they've got a ninety eight percent success rate. See Doc Tim and the staff; they're fantastic people. And if you don't go to the one in Milwaukee, that's fine. Any location, one phone number four one four four five five four four five one. But by the way, don't ask me. I get people all the time to come up and say, "Hey," and they look around like they're robbing a bank. You know, hey, and they start talking to me about it. I have no idea what's going to help you. I know what they do. Talk to them. It works. It works. I've been told that uh, the ED treatments are fantastic. I've done the low T. I've done the all-in-one weight loss program. Those both work, so I would not have any reason not to believe that the other stuff wouldn't work. Good people over there. Just call them. 414-455-4451. Again, 414 414- Four five five four four five one. That is the Newmail Medical Center. Coming up after the top of the hour, the guy that wrote the article, uh, our buddy uh, Tyler Dunn is back, and through GoLongTD.com, GoLongTD.com, he uh, talked to Zadaria Smith. We're going to get that side of things when he joins us coming up here in just a few. So stay uh, hold tight for that. Uh, also today, you got Matt LaFleur is going to be speaking. Aaron Rodgers is going to be speaking. So we hope to uh, hope to have you some of that a little bit later on in the uh, in the show as well. So that's all coming up. Uh, real quick, this is from Jim. Jim says, uh, great show. I'm going to be over in Minneapolis. Where do you suggest eating? Well, there's two places. One, if they're open, depending on what time you get there, Zantigo's. You go to the low end of the spectrum. I grew up on it. I love it. Uh, you better believe I'm going to grab me some at some point. The other side of the spectrum is a little more expensive, and I don't even know if they have a reservation available at this point. But Manny Steakhouse, either one, you can't go wrong. Either one. Love both places. But uh, if you're going to go to Manny's, man, you uh, you 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 got to be uh, yeah, you got to be heading. Uh, you got to be making that reservation now. Just so you know. And who knows? You might see Paul Charge in the gang there. Charge is there all the time. Um, This is from Sally. Sally says, I hear you every now and then mention Andy Griffith. Are you a member of the Andy Griffith fan club? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) Goofy question, but no, I'm not. I appreciate that. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So uh, let's do this. We're going to break. We're going to come back. 
Tyler Dunn, GoLongTD.com, going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about his interview with Zadarius Smith and how how much anxiety, angst, anger, revenge does he have on his mind coming up this Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium when the Green Bay Packers come rolling in now that he's man of the purple. We'll talk with him about that coming up. Stay tuned. Hold on more of the Bill Michael Show right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.